Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. I'm Chris Bevan of the Canton Repository, along with Joe Scalzo, Jim Thomas, and Cliff Hickman. We'll be joined by others on the phone in a bit, but we're here to look back at week three of the high school football season for Stark area football teams. We had eight teams enter Friday 2-0, five moved on to 3-0. Perry, Maslin, McKinley, Lake, Sandy Valley are the three five or the five three and teams. Hoover, East Canton, Northwest, they each lost for the first time this season. We're going to be joined right now by Chris Easterling of the Maslin Independent. He's going to talk about Maslin's 51-21 win over Warren Harding. Chris, uh, were you surprised by that final? Uh, not really. I, I figured Mass would be able to put some points on the board. And, uh, you know, with Warren, you, you know they have athletes. You knew Tyron Adams was going to be uh, an issue for Maslin. Um, so I wasn't necessarily surprised they put points on the board, but uh, I, it was a little bit surprising, you know, the way they, they were able to kind of contain Adams as the, as the game went along. We're going to bring in Joe Scalzo, who saw Warren Harding earlier this year. Joe? Yeah, it looked like uh, Adams was off to a little bit of a hot start early. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, he had 101 yards on his first five carries. And then his last 15 carries, he had uh, 22 uh, yards uh, net. And uh, he did have a screen pass that went for 32 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. But but by and large, after those first five carries, Masson really did a good job of of kind of bottling him up and not letting him, uh, not letting them really find the seam and, and, and get that breakaway, that run that, that, that they were worried about. 21 points uh, against Maslin. What, what, what can you tell us about that? Was that uh, maybe a game where they were ex- able to expose some stuff defensively, or is it just, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, that was just the way the game went? It's kind of the game went. And to be honest, a couple, two of the touchdowns for, for Warren were, were sort of, Points Maslin kind of gave him one, uh, you know, one uh, Warren picked off uh, an Aiden Longwell pass and returned it to the Maslin four, and that resulted in a touchdown. And another, their, their third score came on a drive where Maslin got called for roughing the punter on uh, fourth down to let the drive continue and, and you know, kind of gave Warren a little bit of life there to, uh, to you know, to, to keep the drive going. But, uh you know, by and large, the defense did, you know, fairly well, you know, 246 total yards allowed. But, uh, you know, I think uh, it was as much what Maslin did to, to to give Warren opportunities as much as anything. Yeah, you look at their 3-0 start, and obviously it's been pretty dominating. Is there any, any part of, of Maslin's team that, that is a concern right now, or are they kind of working on all cylinders at this point? You know, I, I think there's, there's areas to, to – I don't know if worry is the right word, but but they, they could definitely clean up. Uh, you know, they've had five interceptions in the last two games, which, uh, you know, four of which by, by Longwell, which I know that's not something that, uh, you know, they really uh, want to see turnover-wise. I, I think the last couple of games there's been some, some just some dumb penalties that, that you know, that, that, are, that are, are need to be cleaned up, but... By and large, I mean they they put a running clock on the last two opponents, and, and really, if they don't miss a you know a field goal midway through the fourth quarter of, of the St. V game, they could have had three straight running clock games. And you know they haven't punted since the first half of the St. V game. You know it, it almost seems like nitpicking some of the little things they've 
they've done the last you know of the last couple of games, but you know they certainly have played very well. Uh, you know to, to get off of this three and zero start. Before we let you go, Chris, uh, who do the Tigers have next week? Uh, they have uh, Montclair out of New Jersey. Uh, they were uh, they were a state champion. One of their you know kind of like that Wayne Hills team of that that McKinley played a year ago. Uh, I don't know how exactly they do state championships, but it seems like there's about 15 or 20 of them out there. But uh, so Montclair, so we'll come in and they've got a couple of D1 kids, but uh, you'll be interesting to see. You know, it's sort of an unknown opponent. Hey, Chris, we really appreciate you jumping on tonight. We'll uh, talk to you down the road. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me on. We're going to uh, talk about another uh, Federal League game, or not another, but a Federal League game uh, involving Lake tonight, Joe. Uh, Blue Streak's off to a 3-0 start. Yeah, and it, it, the last couple of years against Copley, they've they've been really good games, gone down to the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter. Tonight wasn't like that. We we kind of figured Copley wasn't quite as strong as they'd been the last couple of years, and and uh, boy, you know, Lake jumped out to a 35 nothing lead, and, and Cameron Martin got it going for him. So another really strong performance for the Blue Streaks. Lake, uh, you noticed this tonight. Uh, what's it? Four of the last five years are three and zero. Yeah, and it's actually four, the previous three years they've they've gone four and zero in those. So um, Lake with with Louisville next week. They're on the road. Uh, Louisville coming off a nice win from against Hoover, but you know they kind of feel like another one of those teams where like they they get enough wins in that non conference schedule to maybe to the point where they don't have to be perfect in the federal league. And we talked about that and. And, uh, you know, if they can win next week, you go 3-3 three and three in the conference and you're playing in Week 11. Definitely be feeling good about themselves if they can go to 4-0. and oh. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Josh Weir to talk about maybe the game of the night, Hoover and East. The Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, September 14th, when Perry hosts Jackson. Kickoff, 7 p.m. The broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. FridayNightOhio.com is live streaming games for the first time this season. Sam Berkman and Jeff Shreve provide the call each Friday night. We're going to talk about Hoover and East. And, Joe, uh, that was a game you were looking forward to, uh, and it did not disappoint. Yeah, and it was one of those – I mean, people read about it tomorrow. It went down to the, the last four inches, I think Josh said in his story. Uh, goal line stand and fourth down. And, uh, you know, it, it, one of those that maybe – okay, Hoover's obviously disappointed that they didn't win that one, but that's a really good East team, and they've kind of got it rolling at this point. So – um, you, you kind of like what you've seen. I mean, obviously they're a team that, that gives you a different look than, than maybe some other teams they've seen so far this year. And you see some athletes that you might you know encounter kind of in a, a McKinley or a Glen Oak game. And um, I think that Hoover's got to be pretty happy with how they responded, even though they obviously wanted to come up with that win. We're going to be joined here by Josh Weir. Hopefully he's on there right now. Josh, can you hear us? I'm here. What, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the Vikings tonight? Um, you know, I, I just thought that they they had to be the the, the sharper, more disciplined team to to be a, a a really athletic, fast, strong team like East, and and they they just they just weren't that enough. You know, I mean, they they, they certainly didn't commit fourteen penalties like uh, Akron East did, but they still had had their fair share of mistakes. Didn't tackle real well, and you know, in the end, I think those things just kind of ended up, and or that, that's you know those kind of things added up, I should say, and that's how you end up four inches short of the of the goal line at the end of the game. So, yeah, Josh. I mean, obviously, though, that some things to like about Hoover start, even though they haven't they didn't win tonight. What what did you see that maybe gives you an idea that they could be a playoff team down the line? 
Well, there, there's a, a lot of, there's a good mix of uh, athleticism and skill there. Um, you know, the sophomore quarterback, Connor Ashby, didn't have a, a great night tonight, but you know, he was facing a, a really fast kind of uh, creating havoc type defensive front in Akron East. And, you know, I think he'll learn a lot from this experience. And they've just got a lot of interesting targets. They got some, some longer uh, athletic guys at receiver. I, I think, um, you know, then they kind of have like a Wes Welker type guy and uh, Drew Johnson that, that catches a lot of passes underneath. And, and they have a really good offensive line too. So, I mean, there's just, there's just a mix there that, um, you know, they, they could, they can score points on, I think, on a lot of people. And, um, they're going to struggle at times defensively, but I don't think they're a pushover by any means. So I think it's just a good mix that, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see them, you know, in the, in the playoffs, uh, down the road here in Division Two. Yeah. And you look at, you know, last year they were probably a team that was a little better than their record and, and just, you know, the, the league was pretty much, you know, filled with some playoff type teams. And it, it seems like it's a little bit more open this year and maybe a little bit more wiggle room. And, and, and how do you think Hoover's uh, chances compare to the, to what they did last year? Yeah, I, I don't know if they're quite as prolific offensively as they were last year, but they, they do seem maybe a little bit more balanced. And um, I just think the I just think the league is is you know there's a lot more parity in the league this year. Um, I don't think it would be a complete shock to see any team beat another team in this league. You know, there's there's no one matchup that's just kind of impossible. Um, so. I think it's going to be a really interesting year, and I, I could, you know, I could see Hoover being in the mix in, in a lot of these games and, and having having to say, and you know, ends up being the federal league champion at some point. Josh, it sounded like East uh, is an entertaining team to watch uh, on the whole spectrum: good, bad, ugly, everything. <laughs> Man, there's, there's a little bit of everything from from the Dragons. They, uh, you know, they they committed two penalties before they even got their first snap off, and then the next play is like a 19 yard run. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, they're off. They, and they are. You're right. I mean, uh, you know, the the quarterback uh, Kyrie Williams is. You know, he he, he can just break off. Um, you know, he's just kind of one of those guys that runs at his pace. You know, he doesn't look like he's he's flying, but he's all of a sudden he's getting the corner and and kind of just running through tackles. And they have a, a small running back named uh, Romeo Felton who is just electric. I mean, he's, I think he's five foot nine and. Um, he, you know, he made a lot of people miss. He had a couple just incredible runs uh, negated because of holding calls tonight. So, um, and, and then their defense is just, uh, I mean, their defensive front is, they got some, just some earth movers inside. And then they have a lot of like these six, two to six foot three long, lanky athletes, you know, either defensive end or linebackers. So it's a, it, it's a kind of a fun team to watch, kind of frustrating, <laughs> like a little bit of everything, but, uh, yeah, that's that's a team that could go, you know, pretty easily go nine and one. I think in the regular season, maybe even ten. Oh, they really, you know, play well and and then you know be a factor in Division Three. They've definitely tested themselves with a couple of trips to Stark County, and I think they've got a trip coming up to Dover. Josh, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Chris. Remember, FridayNightOhio.com is your home for Stark County area high school football throughout the 2018 season. Stories, scores, schedules, rosters, stats, you'll find it all there all year. Download the app and don't miss any of the news about your favorite teams and players. We're going to bring in Jim Thomas right now. And Jim, why don't you uh, talk about Tussle on Fairless, each uh, getting good wins tonight to get themselves, I believe, both to 2-1. and one. Yeah, two close games, touchdown difference, uh, Tussle uh, 
I was the only guy on the staff that didn't pick Tesla because I thought they got beat up by a huge West Holmes team last week. And uh, so what happens? Briar Marthy, last year wrestles at 138 pounds, goes to the state tournament. Today he carries the ball 45 times for 324 yards. He's going to be the most sore guy in Stark County tomorrow, no doubt about it. Scores five touchdowns, including the game winner in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, he plays linebacker. He does everything that a small school kid's got to do to make his team successful. And second-year coach Mark Gulling, uh, you know, they're 2-8 and eight last year. Already they've matched their win total for the year. Um, he wants a run-heavy offense. And with Marthy able to do that so far, he's averaging over 200 yards a, a game. And, uh, you know, they've got a new quarterback, Austin Cordero, in there, a junior. And he was a very efficient 6-10, of 10, um, no interceptions. They did what they had to do to beat a good Chippewa team. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're excited in Tussle to be 2-1 and one and going to play Manchester, the defending league champ, next week. Um, then you've got Ferrellis with new coach A.J. Sarbaugh in there. They beat Dalton, which Tusla beat in week one in a close game. And uh, Sarbaugh's got what he wants in his team, which is balance on offense with uh, quarterback Jack Laney. You know, all the senior leader did was throw three touchdown passes and then run 20 yards for a touchdown to win the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, he kicks four extra points. Um, you know, he's a very efficient quarterback, big quarterback, 6'3", 6'4", 190 pounds. Um, then he's got a solid fullback in Logan uh, Slutes, who catches a 64-yard touchdown pass, which nobody's expecting. And, uh, you know, Laney throws for touchdowns to three different receivers, and Slutes runs for 78 yards. Um, so they've got a nice balanced offense. Uh, it's the second win in a row. They've got momentum. Um, it's, it's making for a fun league this year because Fairless, Tusla, Orville, Northwest, CBCA are all two and one. Then you got Manchester, which is playing on Saturday night in Pennsylvania, uh, has a chance to be two and one. So it's a different Pac-7 league right now. It's uh, pretty balanced. We're going to move from the Pac-7 to the IVC. Mike Popovich hopefully is going to be on the line right now. Mike, you there? Yes, I am, sir. You were over at East Canton for their game with Rootstown, and East Canton, uh, unfortunately for the Hornets, had a nice streak come to an end tonight. Yeah, yeah. battle of two teams who had nice, long, regular season winning streaks. East Canton had not lost since losing to Rootstown in Week 3 last year. Rootstown hasn't lost since uh, losing in Week 9 in the 2016 season, and Rootstown's able to uh, come away with a uh, 22-13 victory, and uh, you know, what it came down to, uh, you know, in my opinion was, uh, you know, Rootstown's defense. Uh, East Canton had, had a, really showed like they've had a potent offense the first two weeks of the season. Um, Rootstown, though, a bit of a, a, a step up in competition, though, and uh, they held uh, East Canton to just over 100 total yards, only one offensive touchdown. And uh, that offensive touchdown came on a 75-yard drive, and that included a uh, – a 50-yard pass from uh, Cody Vaco to Michael Moreno uh, to set up the touchdown. So, uh, you know, just like last year uh, when the East Canton lost to uh, Rootstown in Week 3, they had to regroup. They were able to uh, run the table the rest of the season, uh, win the IVC North, and now they'll try to do the same thing now. Uh, they'll have a big test next week against Ridgewood, and then down the road uh, they're going to be facing a Sandy Valley team who's uh, featuring one of the best uh, young quarterbacks uh, in the area in uh, Cameron Blair. 
What was uh, Coach Spider Miller's take when you uh, talked to him after the game? Well, he liked the way uh, his team, how hard they played, uh, uh, and, they, and and they did play hard. Uh, they just made uh, a couple of mistakes at some uh, inopportune times. Uh, had a couple of drives uh, into uh, Rootstown territory in the first half. Came away with no points. Turned the ball over on downs. A uh, couple of mistakes with penalties. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just uh, trying to uh, shore up those mistakes and, uh, you know, try to get back on track. But he but he liked the way he, how hard his team played against uh, a really good Roostown team who's coached by uh, Keith Bodeker, who uh, spent uh, three years uh, at Perry uh, earlier this decade. All right, Mike, we really appreciate you jumping on tonight. Uh, we'll let you go. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Chris. We're going to bring in Cliff Hickman here to talk about the EBC and uh, some of the stuff going on there. It was a big night in the EBC tonight, Chris. We had the Alliance Aviators get their first win of the season. They beat Indian Creek 26-13. Aviators forced eight turnovers tonight, recovered five fumbles, intercepted three passes. Also around the EBC, Marlington 45, St. Joan of Arc from Mississauga, Canada 0. The Dukes held them to just 32 yards of total offense. C.J. Griner, four total touchdowns. Uh, Minerva, really tough matchup for them. They fell to Indian Valley, 58-13. CVCA defeated Canton South, 32-3. The Wildcats, a really young team, still working through some things there. West Branch stayed unbeaten. They defeated Ravenna Southeast 49-19 and Salem 28, East Liverpool 14. And that is your look around the NBC, guys. The EBC, Cliff. Well, it's uh, one letter off. It's old habits are hard to break. I covered that league a long time, and uh, mistakes happen, so there you are. I didn't even think Joe was awake back there. That's the magic of late-night podcasting, gentlemen. Well, I mean, you know, the one team that that made up the NBC that's not in the EBC, Louisville, come up with a, their first win tonight, and, and that was a quality win against Green, Joe. Yeah, I mean, both teams kind of needed one, but it was, uh, you know, it was one of those things where they got a tough schedule the rest of the way, so you know, they needed to get some some win and some momentum at some point early in the season. Yeah, Max Hartline uh, had another nice game for Louisville. They have weapons all over the field. It's just they play that really tough schedule. Really needed to get on track because, like you said, they got another big game coming up next week. No easy moments for the Leopards this season. Uh, head to the Federal League, and, and you know, <laughs> to be honest, there was a couple games this, this week in the Federal League that were bad. Uh, I think two teams played Canadian teams, another one from D.C. But So, so really the standout game, I thought, for the league was, was Jackson beating um, – Jackson beaten Borman, who had beat them the week, the year before, and and the, the thing I think that was encouraging was their defense holding Borman to seven points. They forced three turnovers. I think they had like 205 total yards, and and defense was kind of an issue last year, Chris, for them. You know they could score a lot, but they couldn't get stops, and that game was kind of a shootout. And and I think you know if you talk about top performers, Ethan Adkins had. 100 yards rushing, he had the game-clinching touchdown for him, but I think Jackson's defense was probably the, the, the big performer for him tonight. Yeah, I think that's an impressive win on the road, and Boardman, if, I, if I'm correct, has a veteran quarterback and mm-hmm. came into the game 2-0 and itself, so Jackson making a statement there, and like you mentioned, McKinley, Glen Oak, and Perry kind of did what we expected. Yeah, and, and you know it's kind of hard for them, I think, to find 
four really good you know non-league opponents and you know the way the league set up you have to do that and, and sometimes in week three you're kind of struggling a little bit because they're too big to play you know an NBC team or an EBC team but you know they're you know they don't want to play Moeller or Ignatius so you see a lot of that but uh, but yeah I, I you know I, I thought that that Jackson went over Borman kind of solidified them um, as as you know, it was a program win. They had lost a lot of talent, but that shows that they can they can re, you know reload every year, and 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 that Tim Bud has something good going there. Things get a lot more interesting next week when Week Four means league play for just about everybody, and we'll really start to find out some things about teams. A reminder: the Akron Children's Hospital game of the week, powered by iHeartRadio for Friday, September fourteenth, is Jackson at Perry. The broadcast starts at six thirty with the Old Carolina pregame show. Thanks for downloading and listening to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast, a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Check back for another podcast Tuesday. For Joe Scalzo, Jim Thomas, and Cliff Hickman, I'm Chris Bevan.